Welcome to Permaweb Pioneers. We feature individuals, companies, projects, and more building on the Permaweb, a global, decentralized, and community-owned web built on top of Arweave. In this Permaweb panel, recorded live on at only Arweave's Twitter space, we hear from some of the leaders in the ecosystem, specifically from the developers of the Vartex Gateway, The Bundler, and Verto.exchange. Co-hosts Rob of Arweavers and Xylophone of Arweave.news add their thoughts as we explore these massive projects currently underway in the Arweave ecosystem. There's a lot packed into this panel discussion. Enjoy. The hosts of this podcast and their guests are not registered investment advisors. All opinions of the hosts and the guests are their own. Nothing discussed on this podcast can be relied upon for investment decisions, nor is it investment advice. This podcast is solely for entertainment and informational purposes. All right. Um, So yeah, thank you all for being here. Just want to make sure that you all can hear me loud and clear. Uh, Tate, can you hear me all right? I can hear you. Yep. All right. Great. Uh, let's see. Xylophone, are you in the house? I am. I'm here. Yes. Okay, great. All right. So the the topic here, first of all, this is the first of the Permaweb Pioneers panels. Uh, our intention here is to, to host a number of these panels. Uh, this is the kind of entry point into the Permaweb Pioneers podcast, where we'll have panels like this, a roundtable discussion. We'll have like kind of traditional podcast ap- episodes, kind of an AMA type of thing. And then we'll also have Are Weave News updates and so on. Um, and the intention here is that all of this is going to be on the Permaweb as well. So, uh, you know, for future generations, uh, others will be able to, to listen in and uh, experience kind of the genesis of, of this. Um, so super appreciate everyone that is here. We have some really great guests. Um, so Tate, if you can begin and just introduce yourself that is appreciated. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me. Um, so my name is Tate. <laughs> I, uh, I've, I've been in the RWB ecosystem for, for over a year now, um, which I suppose is, is still pretty young. Um, but I'm uh, one of the founders of the Verto Protocol, which is a uh, decentralized exchange built on top of Arweave. Uh, and our team also is the team behind Rconnect, which is a a Chrome extension that enables users to uh, securely interact with other protocols on the PermaWeb. Great. And um, Arweave News, a.k.a. Xylophone, uh, co-hosting here. Uh, do you mind introducing yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm, I'm Xylophone. I uh, joined Arweave News as a co-founder a couple of months ago, but I've been involved in the ecosystem since uh, pretty much the launch of the Genesis block, I, I hosted a podcast back in the day um, around when, when Sam first conceived of the idea. And um, he, was, he, was, he was one of our guests. I think we might have been one of the first people to interview him. So, yeah, that's, that's my background. Very cool. Actually, you know, I was, I was recently uh, in, in talks with Sam and he mentioned that Xylophone, you had, you had created, I think, maybe posted the first blog post. Um, which was was pretty amazing to uh, to hear about, 
And, uh, you know, my emphasis here is, is really the community and creating nice experiences and onboarding. And, uh, you know, this topic at hand, which I think is important to note, is, you know, what can we do to bring web to like experiences to the permaweb? So big area of emphasis for myself as an individual and as a member of this ecosystem is thinking about the onboarding experience. What does that look like? What does that look like for a developer? What does that look like to someone that is maybe, you know, quote unquote, non-technical or just an internet explorer? Um, so I think just to, to start this, uh, this discussion here, um, you know, what are some of the areas that we can improve upon um, as, you know, kind of representatives or, or members of the PermaWeb and uh, the Arweave ecosystem in the onboarding experience? Let's start with maybe just the onboarding experience of just an individual interacting with the PermaWeb. Um, Tate, I'm curious of your thoughts on, on this topic. You know, what do you think we can do uh, to make it a little easier for someone to interact with our connect as a wallet and interact with the PermaWeb? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great question. And I think that it's one of those topics that we spend a lot of time thinking about on our team right now. Uh, because, <laughs> you know, the, the PermaWeb is, is a beautiful thing, uh, but it can be kind of complicated when you go down the rabbit hole and get into the weeds of it. Uh, and so what we've been kind of focused on are two, two different categories. So the first category is, is onboarding developers into the ecosystem. And then the second category is onboarding like end users into the ecosystem. Uh, so for the second, you know, the, the end user category, we're, we're very focused on making our connect as, as smooth as possible for other people to come into and, and download and use functionally. Uh, and so we're working on a program called R-Connect 101 that will effectively, it, it will enable people to click a few buttons like, have you ever touched crypto before? Are you in the Arweave ecosystem? Have you ever heard of Arweave? Uh, and we can, we can build a very quick curriculum around the answers to those set of questions to be able to tell users exactly what they need to know to come onto, you know, onto R-Connect and start interacting with other pro protocols on the PermaWeb. Um, so that's a work in progress, <laughs> uh, but it should be out shortly. Uh, we're really excited about that. Uh, and then the second component is, is onboarding developers. So this is something that a lot of people don't spend too much time thinking about. Uh, but, you know, over time, what we've come to realize is the, the PermaWeb is remarkably simple to interact with when you actually understand how it works. But going from that zero to one of, of hearing about Arweave versus writing your first line of code and actually deploying something to the PermaWeb uh, can be kind of difficult. And so we're also working on, you know, rewriting and improving all of our documentation on Virto and R-Connect to make it easier for developers to integrate into their own protocols, uh, which in turn helps us access more end users. Uh, and help other other users in a more indirect way, I suppose. Um, but those are are kind of two two foci that we've had lately on uh, on user experiences and 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 onboarding. Yeah. So yeah, there's so many different pathways into the ecosystem. So I appreciate you addressing you know the developer onboarding, um, which is clearly a super important. And, and, you know, an emphasis, I think, at this stage, and it has been for quite some time um, for individuals in the developer community to say, hey, wow, Arweave as a protocol is amazing. This concept of PermaWeb is incredibly powerful. Now, what the heck do I do next? 
In regards to the 101 kind of course, how did you come to that type of concept or thinking process to arrive to say, hey, we actually need, you know, kind of this 101, 101 course uh, to get, inter- you know, get in- individuals involved? Um, is, and, and what mediums, I guess, are going to be incorporated in that? Is it like video? Is it what, what format is that? Yeah, so um, we we kind of discovered the need for this uh, in in a couple different ways. So the first way was, you know, users were coming into the Discord and asking questions like, okay, there's a button here that's like load config file, but I don't know what that means. It's not a key file that, that shows invalid. Like, what do I do about that? You know, that's a confusing pattern that we've found um, users tend to go through. And so we are working on smoothing out the user experience there, but to, to really solve that problem, uh, we also want to have more of an explanation around the different buttons in general when you're starting from scratch inside of Rconnect. Uh, and the second way that we came to realize this was uh, we, 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 our, our designer has been going around in, in the community. Uh, some of you, I think, have already talked to him uh, and he's been going and asking, you know, for feedback about, you know, uh, Rconnect user experience. What what can we improve on? What are you getting caught on? What what doesn't make sense? Uh, and one of the things that kind of emerged over time was a lack of understanding around not just how to onboard into Rconnect, but also all the different things that you could do with it. Uh, for instance. You know, most people had no idea that Rconnect uses like a, a robust permission system. And <laughs> I see Martin in here. That was something that Martin has has had inside of Rconnect from day one. Uh, and it's one of the things that, you know, a lot of people don't know about. And so we want to be able to educate people about that permission system uh, because it's, you know, it's it's very robust and it's incredibly helpful uh, for an, an informing users and giving users control over what functionalities uh, applications can interact with inside of Rconnect. Um, so, you know, those were kind of the ways that we discovered the, the need for this type of, you know, 101 website. Um, it, inside of the site, it will include descriptions uh, via text on, on how to, you know, how, how to use these things. Uh, and we're also going to be adding videos in there for, for, you know, video tutorials that very visually explain how to do these, these types of things inside of our connect as well. Very nice. Yeah. It's nice to be able to have some, some media as well. Some individuals may get lost in the words and, you know, the, the concepts that are involved. So that's great to hear. So Xylophone, I'm, I'm curious uh, on your end, you know, one thing you, you've, you touched on uh, prior to this call is, is the management of, of keys. And, you know, this is a concept that for many individuals on web two is just foreign. Um, you know, someone can think, Oh, I lose my key. I can just get a, you know, a password, my, you know, retrieve my password and everything. And that's a very different experience and uh, what we're calling you know, web three. Um, I'm curious your thoughts on, you know, what do you think, can happen or what do you think we can do as an ecosystem to make it a little easier on the management of those keys? Yeah, I think there, there's a definite disconnect there. Um, so, 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 you know, you've got your JSON key file and it's the only way to, to log into, into, into our weave apps like Virto and our drive. And um, it's, it's sort of like, 
users might not understand that that is the that is the username and password of web3 um but there's also a bigger risk of it since there is a security risk essentially in in allowing people to just be able to reset that and retrieve that um so i guess like my my question really is how how rconnect is currently or in the future um going to try and make it easier or safer for users to transition um from web to to use arweave um dapps yeah so i think um you know part of this is is going to be rconnect 101 and informing users what the implications are of <laughs> moving from web to like make transactions with with paypal or swipe a card to web3 where you know you have this virtual wallet that that gives you control over your currency um so you know informing users of of that and explaining that in a way that is understandable i think is is really key here and so we're putting a lot of emphasis on the okay you've never touched crypto before how do you start from square one uh and 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 understand these terminologies and and can make sense of of this ecosystem um at hand uh so that's that's one one piece of it i think another piece of it is you know there are other protocols in the ecosystem that are thinking about this too that that have kind of been in in stealth mode <laughs> uh but they're they're beginning to surface um and, and you know some of these protocols are going to effectively enable like multi-sig capabilities on our weave um and so we're we're thinking about how do we go about integrations inside of our connect to make it possible for you to you know democratically own funds or you know just it, it's kind of another layer of abstraction and another layer of complexity but for users that want to get advanced with the way that they're thinking about uh not just key management but but management of of treasuries or funds you know that that's an area that we're also thinking about uh as well for people that want to go deeper than you know getting onboarded from from square one very cool yeah so a lot of opportunity of course to uh improve that experience and it does sound like that 101 that you all are are creating um covers a lot of these topics to prime individuals coming into the ecosystem of this is how it works this is where it can go um and so on so i think that'll be that'll be really great to see that that resource and how it expands and how other individuals add to it um xylophone are you interested in in speaking uh to the the kind of transaction speeds and things like that um that we had spoken about briefly Yeah yeah it's kind of interesting like um this for me as a developer actually tran- transitioning from from web 2 to to web to web 3 um it was sort of um i guess kind of a shock to the system um in in which i realized that you know it takes time for content which you which your users submit to to mine through to the network and it kind of puts a delay on the um you know the immediacy of say something like on twitter where you where you're where you're posting a tweet you can immediately see it um people can interact with it and things like this um i've noticed you know no, interacting with um either arweave as a as a making a base transaction or making a um an interaction with a smartweave contract um it can take you know it can take longer than you would expect a tweet for sure to to appear um and i know this is this is something which which in my mind at least um is a bit of a gap between um between web 2 and web 3 and uh, you're not getting this kind of immediacy that you might previously be used to 
Yeah. So I think, um, you know, one, one major component of this that, that really helps with uh, the user experience around making these transactions is how these, the, the Arweave gateways are, are optimistic in the way that when a user submits a transaction to the network, the gateway caches that transaction and assumes that it's going to succeed and pass into the network. Um, so then whenever, even if that transaction has not yet mined uh, and, and hasn't propagated through the network, um, the gateways are still able to serve it so that you don't have to wait for it to hit the network in order to be accessible by others. Um, so that's one component that, that I think you know, <laughs> is, is very beneficial to, to user experiences and being able to see that, that information instantly. Um, and, and I also think that, you know, Josh is a listener in here, but he's working on a, a protocol <laughs> that enables people to bundle transactions together and guarantee a block that they will be confirmed on um, if, if I'm understanding <laughs> what he's doing correctly. And I think that's really powerful because it kind of guarantees a, a finality, uh, a time that the transaction will have definitely passed into the network. Uh, and so, you know, what Josh is doing combined with gateway, you know, optimistically caching transactions, I think is uh, an immensely powerful combination uh, that, that we're going to be able to leverage uh, pr hopefully pretty, pretty soon. <laughs> That's awesome. So does that mean like in, in effect that um, something will be so any data submitted to the Palmer web is going to be immediately accessible by an app that is querying it? Yes. In, in theory, as long as that application is querying the data from the same gateway that the user made that transaction from, um, it, I, I believe that should be the case. Oh, that, that's awesome. So, yeah, I mean, right right now, I think we have, I mean, I'm not sure on the exact number to be quoted on, but I think we have, you know, maybe, as I think Sam said, some, somewhere around a dozen um, gateways um, in operation right now that are, that are um, you know, able to be, able to be queried um, for this. So does, does, that, does that kind of make it so that if an app were to want to have its content available um, immediately, then it would need to be sort of um, relying on the, on one gateway for that? Well, I, I guess the part of the beauty of the system is that this caching is, is stored locally on the gateway. It doesn't have anything to do with the underlying network functionality. So, you know, if, if somebody wanted, they could introduce an update to the gateways code bases that enable the gateways to share that cache so that then whenever somebody uploads a transaction, it's, you know, optimistically cached across all gateways so that you don't have that dependency on that single gateway. Um, that's just completely like top of mind thinking. <laughs> uh, in, in theory, it, it sounds like it would work, but I, I, I'm not positive because I haven't dug into the, the gateway code. I think, um, uh, H. H. Lolly would would know more about that than me <laughs> by by a long shot, um, but that's that's kind of how I've been thinking about it lately. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're we're trying to we're trying to get him on as a host right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a good it's a good first step, and um, I'm, I super appreciate everyone that is here uh, to transition a little bit. Um, I guess. 
between like the technical to I guess the philosophical or the the social. Um, you know, one one question here, and this is from Rob of of R Weavers. It's basically like, how can we change individuals' behavior to think long term enough to 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 basically grasp the concept of storing information permanently? You know, what what can we do? And how can we do this type of massive thinking shift? Um, and this is just an open question for, for anyone. Uh, unfortunately, there's some sort of issue with Twitter spaces right now where others aren't able to, to join in on the conversation. Um, if you do have something to say, I'll do whatever you, I can to, uh, to get you up on the stage, quote unquote. Um, what are some thoughts on you know, having individuals actually grasp this, content, this concept of being able to pay once and store permanently? You know, I think um, that that's a very deep philosophical question, uh, but it's fascinating to think about. I think that over time, what we're what we're going to see play out is the answer to the question just depends on the use cases that uh, that the Arweave you know protocol is used for. So, like our drive mm-hmm. is a great example of this. Uh, they've done a, an incredible job at you know working hard to educate the user about that pay once store forever concept. And so when you're using our drive, you understand the benefits of, of why you're uploading that data and, and the, the benefits that, that come with, with doing so on our weave. Um, but I think that the, the real answer to the question is just going to depend on the use cases that emerge over time. So like for, for example, you know, when when the concept of smart contracts on our weave came out, smart weave, um, that was a use case that uses the same permanent data layer as what what a lot of people are using to upload images and videos. Uh, yet it enables all of this functionality that no one would have really foreseen um, because <laughs> it was previously thought, I suppose, to be impossible. Um, so I, I feel like this is one of those things that we're really going to see play out over time. And over time, we're going to see a shift in the way users are thinking about Arweave. And I feel like we're already beginning to see that shift. Uh, but the more people that come into the ecosystem through protocols that are built on top, I think will massively influence you know, how people see Arweave and, and also how people are thinking about uh, the, the implications and use cases of permanent storage. Yeah, those are great points. So um, turns out we do have uh, two new speakers here. Um, so if, yes, if you both can, uh, all right, Mike's on, great. If you can introduce all right. yourself, uh, that'd yes, be great. Finally. Uh, so I'm the other co-host, uh, had some te- technical difficulties. Seems that my phone is the one that works. Uh, so uh, my name is uh, Hlöðver. Uh, it's an Icelandic name, so I don't know how far that will travel with people's mouths. Uh, <laughs> also called Hlölli, Hlölli. Uh, Germans may call me Ludwig. Uh, and since uh, four months, I've been working with the RV team uh, in DevOps uh, department. Uh, it's just not a department. I'm, I'm the only <clears throat> designated DevOps engineer at the moment. Um, and yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm quite new as well into the RV ecosystem and uh, it has been four months of intense learning, intense uh, handling exponential growth on our system 
and at the same time working on a new gateway which is in the proofs uh, called Vartex and uh, and that will definitely um, uh, link up with the topic of the of today's discussion um, uh, web 2 experience in web 3 and that's uh, a question I kind of ask myself every day uh, how to how to bring the same kind of web experience for the layman for the common user uh, uh, from RV to to the to the web uh, in the sense that I, I I started off thinking just small and now I'm thinking okay how can we actually just take over the internet and uh, and get RV there on the top <laughs> great well thank you so much for the for the introduction um, and what you're working on with vartex we'll, we'll loop back and and uh, and get to that topic in a moment Josh do you mind introducing yourself as well Sh sure um, can, can you hear me all right yep can hear you well great um, so yeah I um, the founder of uh, Bundler, which is the Bundler network, which is working to provide a, a protocol which allows you to store data on Arweave with guaranteed finality and instant access. So it's essentially elevating uh, the Web3 aspect of Arweave to, to the Web2 speed of, of regular storage. Um, and it kind of adds to what Tate was saying earlier um, about kind of caching. It's actually a little bit more elegant than that in the sense that um, as long as any gateway is aware of which bundler has some data, all it has to do is proxy to the bundler and that will serve the data uh, temporarily. So it's not, and there's no need to have consensus on the actual data itself. You just need consensus on where the data is stored. Um, so yeah, um, I'm, I, our test net is out next week, and uh, I think our drive is going to be one of our first bundlers up and running. Uh, so yeah. Great. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of excitement in the ecosystem regarding bundlers. And I know that myself, I'm uh, really excited about the possibilities. And so I am interested in, in speaking uh, to that because it is so appropriate regarding, you know, how can we bring Web2-like experiences to the permaweb? Um, so we'll definitely loop back uh, to that. Um, I'm interested in, in, in getting into more detail on Vartex uh, and the gateway and, and how how Vartex has the potential to enable more Web2-like experiences uh, for the permaweb. So, so Vartex will essentially be, <clears throat> and some coined this term, like a um, internet service provider. So, so the idea maybe in the long run, and uh, and this is a thought which I, I must admit I, I I should spend more time thinking it through, but. But we would essentially, uh, Vartex would essentially be the um, the bandwidth power to by pulling the data on the permaweb and making it available uh, with high availability to the internet. And from there, we can we can like deduct many technologies. There's to say, uh, just off my head now, like air bundles could definitely connect with a gateway such as uh, um, Vartex or any gateway because essentially 
the gateway's job is to pull the data to be able to perform, for example, the um, smart weave contracts to, to give a good data, valid data. And so there has to be some sort of trust between the gateway and the uh, and the consumers of the gateway. And uh, and I think uh, I think Vartex alone will not deliver the Web2 experience that we want to achieve because I feel like the, for the user, the end user, the, uh, the user to serving the web will always need to, you know, rely on web two URLs. We'll have to go through hoops and loops to get the data. Whereas we could potentially take this a step further and, uh, and, and other technologies could arrive, which would provide like, like DNS name servers, some sort of proxy, so that we have like an alternative internet going on, relying on on, on clusters of of gateways and uh, and make it more easy uh, and and not like yeah. I mean, for example, just installing a, a web Chrome extension and and open this possibility would be one way to make this really easy, in my opinion. Uh, and uh, that is something Vartex could not do alone, but Vartex could be a backbone of such technology. Yeah, that I think uh, I think it's very important that the apps are able to um, run their own gateway. And so I think Vartex, uh, as soon as I saw that idea, I was so excited um, about because right now, obviously, everything is quite centralized around Arweave.net being, you know, one of the original um, original gateways. Um, and you know we saw this we saw this when um, some big Solana NFT projects um, hosted their assets and front ends on our and, uh, on Arweave, um, and they used Arweave.net rather than um, you know um, Arweave multi-host to switch between um, gateways depending on the load. Um, and then when when uh, Degenerate Ape Academy dropped, we saw these huge spikes in traffic, and it sent Arweave.net down. Um, and, you know, I'm wondering some of the efforts beyond Vertex, um, which which could be made in the future to ensure better scalability. Yes, that's true. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to uh, coming back out of my holidays, which I'm in now. I'm in Greece at the moment. Uh, but as soon as I'm back, I will uh, uh, try to get the hold of the lone Ronin who started. Well, he, he started. I'm not going <coughs> to like... Um, put words in his mouth but it sounded to me like he went uh, he went and made a gateway um, which was based on Postgres which he then in his last post uh, pointed out that it was may have been like a, he used the word naive approach or mentality towards it so so he is now working on a way better system and I, I'm looking forward to see the progress of of that but what he has also spent way more time on than me is 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 creating a smart contract for anyone to join in chip in of maintaining a cluster of gateways such that uh, many small um, nodes in a cluster could work together to build a a really big scalable uh, cluster of of yeah database endpoints which are needed to consume the data which the gate Base essentially storing and uh, and I have my ideas. He has his ideas, and I'm hoping uh, we can find some sort of uh, specification or agreement that perhaps many many gateways 
and 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 this being in a a tech technologically agnostic way could work together to to build really a a super strong super fast gateway with a worldwide reach and uh, and I think we've worked together we can definitely achieve it. Oh, that that sounds really cool. Yeah, kind of like um, I know Kive is right now um, enabling pools for for archiving. It would be kind of pooling for pooling for gateways. So on the topic of, of pooling things, and this is a little bit of a transition here, uh, pooling gateways. I'm interested in, in Josh, um, your view and vision and, and the current state of the bundler. Um, there's quite a lot of enthusiasm regarding the bundler. Um, as I mentioned previously, you know, just myself, I, I've had a number of conversations around the topic and more specifically in how the bundler can enable web to like experiences for the permaweb. Um, Josh, if you don't mind, um, just kind of curious of how you, how you view the bundler and what you think is just a really great use case for it and maybe some other use case that isn't so obvious. Um, sure. So I, I see the bundler as a kind of a, an add-on to the gateway kind of experience. It provides a way for you to store data in the network just in a more guaranteed manner. Uh, because at the moment, there, there is always, with any blockchain, there, there are pro there's a probability that a transaction gets dropped or doesn't get seeded. Uh, so the bundler works to solve that issue. But, but the main thing for me is that the bundler provides a way to, uh, to create a Web2 experience with a Web3 technology uh, through essentially a, a, a form of caching where gateways can simply redirect to a bundler, which can, contains the, which, which has the data. The, the, there's also just to add another um, implication of bundlers, which is that it's not restricted to 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 payment in just R or just Rweave. Essentially, you can support any crypto or any currency. So a bundler can accept Solana for the storage of data on Arweave. Uh, so in the next month, you'll be able to pay for, for storage in Solana. I'd say in the next month. Uh, and you'll be able to do it at Solana speeds as well. So you'll essentially be able to send a transaction. Five seconds later, your data is stored. At least from the user's perspective, your data is stored. Right. So it's kind of that. Is that um, I kind of envision that this will bring Arweave to the Web two world, and it, and it will push it to major adoption because now users can use users can use Arweave without noticing that they're using Arweave, which I think is the point of technology is to abstract away from the complexities, which is the issue with all crypto at the moment which is where you have to you kind of have to know about it to use it i think that's very well said very well spoken um very much so appreciate your your vantage point on on the implications of this right like a bundler can be the entry point into our weave without really needing to know that you're using our weave and in addition to that something i think that's really important that you mentioned is this opens up as as i understand it the opportunity for anyone to upload to the permaweb in whatever you know 
means they want, whether it's Sol, like Solana or maybe even ETH or you know USD or whatever it is. Um, and that just creates just an accessibility factor that's so much higher than the current state of things. Um, is that the case, Josh? Is that what you're pointing to, towards as far as you know, just opening it up to a much larger audience? Yeah, exactly. And it removes the dependency on having to, to have a lot of R. Well, it pushes the dependency onto the bundlers to have R, but it opens up to in every single market, well, every market in the world, really, as long as we, as long as we support the currency, we can support the market. That's, that's the way we see it. So we're starting with Solana uh, because we've, we've done a lot of, well, we've done a lot of work in the Solana ecosystem around Metaplex at the moment. So we're going to support Solana first and then beyond there, uh, we'll slowly support more and more. What, what Josh is saying as well is that, uh, is that we have the, uh, we have the uh, bundler service, but we also have the, um, the specification ANS one hundred four, and uh, for the future of Arweave, I think, adding to that, that uh, like uploading one file equals one transaction, it's uh, it 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 will not scale as well as what we will have now in the future with one binary bundle, and you know that you upload one bundle, single page swap up, and it just works. And I think that it is amazing addition, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's sometimes I just. I think to this that the bundler, the service, and the bundler, the specification, are both coming now, and they're both really exciting. Yeah, and and just to add to that, just to give you an idea of the scalability that a bundler can provide, a single bundler has, I mean, two what two months ago we were doing twenty thousand transactions a day. I, I'm not really sure. With the bund, with a single bundler, we're now looking at an easy six hundred thousand transactions a day. And that's wow. without any, and that's without any scalability. I mean, we, I think the max we've done is six hundred fifty thousand a day. I think is as far as I'm aware. Um, but the way I see it is that once there are more and more bundlers running, and the, and the market becomes more competitive as well with bundlers, we could, in theory, scale to to millions of transactions per second. In theory, I think, yeah. So massive, massive implications as far as the the network and the ability to interact with the permaweb. Um, and on that note, Tate, you know, I'm, you, the work that you do at Verto is, is really amazing. And there are a number of great wallets out there, one of which is R-Connect. I'm curious how these technologies, whether it's Vartex or the Bundler or both, impact your view and your vision for your wallet, you know, R-Connect. Um, how do you see this playing out from a wallet perspective? Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> it's it's cool to see Martin in here. Martin and I have spent a lot of time thinking through this and talking about how, you know, what what the vision looks like, what, what direction we should take it in. And I think that, um, you know, in principle, we want to kind of play to, to what Josh was saying about abstracting as much of the technology away as possible so that, you know, the user doesn't have to get involved in the weeds of that if they don't have to. However what we're looking to do under under the hood now behind the scenes is implement support for this bundler network so that you know transactions that are being authorized through our connect can automatically pass through that bundler network when applicable um so that you know it, number one it's 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 helping the network by uh 
you know, grouping the transactions through the bundler network, which reduces the load on uh, the network per block. And, and also it's, it's just really beneficial to, to be able to uh, work with these other protocols and integrations because what Josh is doing, the work that he's doing is, is tremendous for the ecosystem from a, a scalability level, uh, but also a, you know, being able to guarantee the finality of a transaction is like, is mind blowing. <laughs> uh, and, and we want to really be able to integrate that into our connect so that, you know, users can take advantage of that functionality without even noticing anything changed behind the scenes. Um, and the same applies for Vartex. We, we want to build in functionality that enables dynamic gateway switching so that you can automatically use whatever gateway works best at that time for the network. Uh, so ideally, we would build a system that, you know, leverage that, that contains a list of, of online Vartex gateways and can dynamically switch between the gateways uh, if one goes offline or, you know, you know, various, <laughs> uh, various reasons to switch between the gateways. But the, the point is we, we want to be able to leverage as much as we can uh, other protocols in the ecosystem, because I think that the the beautiful thing about the Rweave ecosystem, one of the beautiful things is the amount of composability that it has. Uh, and so, yeah, I mean, it's it, it this these these protocols fit perfectly with uh, the vision that we're trying to achieve through our connect. And so, yeah, I mean, <laughs> a lot of our time every day now is spent thinking more about the integrations with other protocols. Um, than it is building out brand new features that are specific to our connect, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. Um, it is really nice to see, you know, these technologies come together to create a nicer experience uh, for individuals that maybe aren't, you know, that low level in the stack, so to speak. Um, and it's so nice. And I really appreciate everyone involved here in this, in this, in this panel to hear from those that are actually building this. Right. Like this is like core technology uh, of the permaweb and it will enable so many other individuals to have a nicer experience and a nicer introduction. You know, we're not we're already not, you know, loading up our JSON files into like a random website um, on the permaweb. Uh, thanks to all the wallets out there. Um, Xylophone, I'm curious if there's anything in particular that you wanted to cover. Yeah, for sure. Like I. I, I... Part of what I've been doing when I've been building applications for Arweave News is working heavily with um, Smartweave, which um, we've found can be an amazing replacement for an application's backend. Um, just really when when performing, you know, simple read-write operations to the PermaWeb, um, but it isn't necessarily able to be a replacement <clears throat> for something like a full node server or, or like a full API server that can load external I libraries and um, call other APIs um, from that. Um, so I'm just wondering if anybody had any kind of perspective on what the path forward there is for um, severing dependence on, on a traditional centralized API server to, to handle tasks that Smartweave or Arweave cannot that's a good question. I have actually, this is one of the things that, <clears throat> one of the first thing I had a long, long discussion with Sam about, and uh, like we have storage, and from that we are offering like a bandwidth. We are offering calculations, which doesn't really, like it would not come from the um, how to put it uh, uh, the the blockchain level. Uh, so 
I I think it's totally possible. And and we were kind of discussing like, okay, let's say I wanted to uh, make a uh, SQL database based on on, on SmartWeave, and that would be totally possible. But it would mean that uh, you need someone to take the data and uh, and uh, and concatenate through history of time, like you you, you see the um, you see the current state of the database as everything that happened before it. It's a bit like lambda calculus, or if it, it sounds maybe too complicated. Um, and I think uh, it seems to me like what Redstone is doing, and maybe a bit more also uh, Verto is more in that area, but uh, for the Base read write operation, as you mentioned, uh, I, I've been thinking if 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 Vartex it also supported just like supporting any kind of um, uh, uh, like showing transaction headers to just know what's going on right now with the blockchain, but doing anything more fancy than that, I think will be some sort of um, uh, service provided on the in the ecosystem. Right. Yeah. I, I suppose. I mean, maybe maybe I'm. I, I guess I'm a little bit naive as to what exactly Ethereum does, but maybe that is kind of more, more, more like what what is available in Ethereum smart contracts. That's true. That's true. And, and, uh, and like I, I remember, we had actually a meet, like a meeting, uh, ad hoc meeting on SmartWeave, uh, like two or three months ago, and we were discussing the specifications and all that. And uh, and after really understanding Ethereum uh, smart contracts and uh, comparing that to RV smart contracts, is that like they are like they I would say it's a whole mess in Ethereum. They are trying to be so accurate on the blockchain level about confirming the result of the calculation that that uh, that it makes this like. To what, from what I see, very uh, like it, it doesn't make it very adaptable. It doesn't make it easy. It doesn't make it simple in any way. And uh, and trying to to have the uh, miners confirm like that one plus one equals two is is like it makes it very non-scalable. So there is a trade-off, of course, to everything we do in life, and uh, that includes uh, uh, how. The decision was made with uh, SmartWeave, uh, but that's just coming from me. I'm not quoting anyone else. Um, but that's it. Uh, if you were to make, like I say, SQL kind of uh, a database experience with SmartWeave, the data for it is always going to be there forever. Uh, it just re it requires some machine to take the data and uh, and merge them together to give the result at this point in time. And uh, because it's there forever, anyone can do it. If the specification is written, it's not, not, no, but nothing is stopping anyone from doing it. And that what actually, that makes it way more composable, extensible, and anyone can go make their own uh, uh, SQL database, make their own uh, uh, log cloud farm, whatever, you know, there's really like the, it opens way more possibilities. And for the user, I think this is really what matters. Uh, I don't think, well, it, it, well, it, it's actually, it closes nothing because if you wanted to make uh, like a new, new government based on, 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 on uh, SmartWeave, you know, uh, it would be totally possible. It's just that who is going to confirm that 
this is uh, the correct law, this is the correct regulation. It just wouldn't happen from the miners, just would happen elsewhere. And that's fine, um, in my opinion. So on that note, I'm just going to wrap up here. And I'm going to end with this question. Um, and I'm curious for all of those that have been speaking thus far um, on this panel, why build on Arweave, right? There's a lot of protocols out there. What just kind of got you with Arweave? What is the thing or number of things that really inspires you to build on top of Arweave? Since since I am building on top of Arweave, since we've 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 published um, Permacast and Permablog, a couple of um, applications on top of Arweave, the thing which got me um, was the simplicity of actually developing an application. So you can take all of your front end skills that you have, and instead of hooking into an API um, from the front end, it's possible just to use GraphQL um, and, and, and to pull transactions or to, to interact with SmartWeave contract state instead. Um, and, and that makes it um, uh, the easiest transition you can imagine, really. Like, essentially, what, all, you, all that you're getting, really, when, when, you, when you query an API is a JSON object back, um, which you can use on your application. Um, and, and, and the same way when you write to an API, um, it's basically you're sending a JSON object. And, and so... Um, there is very little. There's very little. There's very little difference between um, actually developing on on Web two and Web three when it comes to when it comes to Arweave, um, and so the, there is that very low barrier to entry, and also there's the fact that it's just better in the fact that you don't need to pay for um, recurring hosting charges to to host your to host your backend um, so you can deploy a smart contract and then you can have it live forever on Arweave and any front end that you write in the future is able to query that and um, and it, it, it makes the if you can host the front end permanently which you can easily with with various Arweave services even um, then your application lives forever, and the, the the data is stored on the blockchain, and it's 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 able to be trusted, and it's permanent. So, yeah, from from that from that um, sense, that kind of really blew my mind. I remember having this this early conversation with Sam when I was when I was um sort of talking to him about joining Arweave News, and he told me, you know, you can just you can just write write a front end and, and query graphql and you've got your you've got your application and it, it was absolutely mind-blowing so that that was kind of what what clicked for me great appreciate you sharing your thoughts um i'll, I'll open it up if anyone else wants to comment um on you know why are we why you're building on are you know i think um i agree with everything that <laughs> that that xylophone said um from the technology standpoint, it's it's pretty mind blowing. But one other component that I think really has has continued to blow my mind as well as the technology is the community around it. <laughs> um, you know, Arweave is it kind of feels like an extended family in a way. It's one of the it's probably the most grassroots community I've ever been a part of, and and because of that, it's like the amount of of purity and the amount of coolness that exists in, in this community is, is absolutely mind blowing. Like everyone that is here, you know, is, is fascinated by the technology and, 
you know, just wants to collaborate and work with other people on, on how to grow as, as people and also how to grow as, as a blockchain ecosystem and as a technology. And I think that that, you know, just the amount of collaboration and, and friendliness that occurs in this ecosystem every single day, it, it, it blows my mind. Um, and I, I really just appreciate the amount of support the community has, has been able to give other members of the community, in, in, including myself. I feel very, <laughs> very lucky um, to be a member of this community. Um, but, you know, I, I think that I, I can't put enough of an emphasis on the, the community around the technology as well. Very well said. Yeah. <clears throat> so how I first got into Arvi was, um, was like, I, I, I came by an accident. I was doing a, an NFT project and the uh, author wanted to use Arvi. And uh, from from that experience, I, I looked up uh, <clears throat> a good YouTube video where uh, Sam Aaron uh, is talking about mechanism design, mechanism design. And I just got really fascinated because prior to that, I was, I mean, how to put it? I, I was kind of a, a crypto skeptic. I, 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 I was following it. I was working in the crypto industry already and I was seeing the rise of Dogecoin. I was thinking, wow, this is so stupid. Why are they... Why Dogecoin making so much success, and I, it seemed kind of hopeless. But then, that when I heard Sam uh, delivering this talk, and and I went in to look into what RV is, and it just made me convinced. Like this was, this is doing this correctly, and uh, and uh, this will like this permanence. It, it's not like a, a, a fake sales world. It's really like it's thought through. There are smart people behind it, and and I got totally convinced. And this is also not uh, like when it comes to politics, this is very apolitical coin. I've seen it in other coins and other exchanges that they're very like uh, political in some way. But but I would say like the freedom of speech, which is very respected on our view, is also really admirable. So anyone with any kind of views would also should also feel very comfortable with our view. And, uh, and I think they're doing things correctly. And, and I think they will live in the long run, in my opinion. All right. Well, on that thought, uh, we're going to wrap up this first Permweb Pioneers panel. Um, thank you all for being a part of this live event. Uh, as I mentioned previously, we are launching a podcast, and the intention is that this panel will be produced into a podcast ep episode along with other uh, styles of podcasts um, within the what we're calling the Permweb Pioneers um, kind of ecosystem or podcast, however you'd like to describe that. Um, so note here, basically send a, send a DM anytime to, to at only Arweave, or you can just mention at only Arweave if you have a question or if you'd like to see someone uh, appear on the panel discussion or in a podcast episode or whatever it may be, just feel free to reach out anytime. Um, basically, you know, here for the community and here to move things forward and to bring these web to like experiences to the permaweb which is in our best interest. So um, thank you all to the, the featured guests. Um, I think we all learned something here today and uh, it's so amazing to speak with the individuals that are actually creating this technology that uh, we can all enjoy and so many more to come uh, can enjoy going forward. So with that, have a great rest of your day and um, enjoy the PermWeb.
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of PermaWeb Pioneers, a podcast focused on growing awareness of Arweave and the PermaWeb. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Otherwise, share this episode with friends and family and whoever else you think may find it useful and interesting. Thank you for being a part of our community of pioneering long-term thinkers securing the present and future of data.